You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au as they come for home, Danger Zone off the inside, gets out after, he's a son of a gun, that Pratt's naturally gifted three deep behind those runners, then sure thing captain, Model Barno drives up on the inside and now Tim's a trooper and Don Hugo, and the deepest as captains knock, Danger Zone went to the lead sure thing captain, goes back to the inside, finishing hard, so is Tim's a trooper, but it's sure thing captain, right up on the inside sure thing captain, a Queensland victory Big thrill. That was the last race on Tab Eureka night in front of a big crowd at Menangle on Saturday night. Chris Barsby is with us. And, Chris, I don't know if you heard me earlier. Can you do me a favour? Mm-hmm. Albion Park, into, into Dom time. Yep. The special beer cans that they're produced with Leap to Fame on them. Yes. I want a six-pack. Right. So can I we... put my order in now? Because I reckon they'll go pretty quickly. But it's an interesting promotion, Chris, isn't it, having... ID 23 beer cans. I think it's a great idea, to be honest. It's uh, just something you'd keep uh, keepsake because it's history. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. And this is something that the club had been working on uh, for quite some time. They were hoping to have this in readiness for the recent constellations, uh, have the Larry Lager, Leap to Fame Lager. Uh, just ran out of time, but uh, they've obviously switched their focus now to ID 23. That series is less than 90 days away now, starting December 1. So I think it'll work out well. And as you said, it is a piece of history because it will be the last ever Inter-Dominion series staged here at the Breakfast Creek. So it's going to be uh, very interesting to see how it's received, but I think it will be well received, that's for sure and certain. Apparently they're working on a cola. They're going to call it Sure Thing Captain Cola. Um, <laughs> Shannon Price is with us. Shannon, good morning. That's big prize money, isn't it, that last race? So 54 grand, the connect- winning connections there with Sure Thing Captain. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. That's uh, position in running. We talked about this, Shannon, three fence. In the old days, it was an ugly place, but now it's not a bad spot, is it, particularly at Menangle? Yeah, everyone you speak to at Menangle says the fence is the shortest way home and we've sat there before and never got out, but yeah, we got out on Sunday night, which was a good result. Just in this early part of the score-up, Shannon, uh, we're just a little nervous, just when he was just a little fidgety, if you, if you could call it that. He was just a little uh, fired up getting up to the other uh, gate or breaking the, uh, the pre-race circle. So were there a few nervous moments? Well, he's never done that before in his life, so... Seeing him do that, I thought, what is going on here? Like, what is wrong with him tonight? And, uh, yeah, as I said, he's never done that. And I I was actually watching on my phone down the stables because I was still attending to the, the previous racehorse. And I think I said a few choice words, but <laughs> when he filled his spot, I was happy. <laughs> what is your record currently, Menangle? Your last couple of visits, you've always been able to pick up a win. And that trend continued on Saturday night with Sure Thing Captain. But the raids in recent times have been very successful. Yeah, that was our fifth go fifth visit there in the last probably 11 months and uh, every time we've got a winner so I guess if you could stack it up on Saturday night once um, Speak the Truth didn't win, the last horse is always going to win. Shannon, just to explain to our listeners how it works logistically when you decide to take these horses down an angle when do they leave, how long's the trip, stopovers and things like that? Uh, well, last year when we were planning on going down it was a bit of a unknown, well we had done a few trips but now we've perfected it and 
We usually go down on the Wednesday before the Saturday night, so three days out, or the Saturday before the Tuesday if we're racing on a Tuesday. Um, that's enough time. We leave early in the morning. We get to our first stop around five hours after we leave, and we're there for about an hour, and then we're on the road again, and we end up at Penangle. Takes about oh, just under 11 hours, including a couple of fuel stops and that, and um, swap of drivers and everything. And yeah, we try and get them down there in daylight to get them in the paddock and. Uh, yeah, I just work out exactly how much feed they need, but everything else is available down there. Like, you can get all your seeds and, and molasses and everything down there. So the main thing you've got to take is is your, your gear, your rugs, and your horse, of course. So um, apart from that, we're becoming professionals at it, so I could guess you could say we uh, can do it with our eyes closed now. Yeah, well, as Chris said, you might have to get used to it in the future as well. Yeah, I've already, <laughs> well, if they shut the track early, I've already put a reserve on the barn I normally stay in. <laughs> Just on, on on the travel and the logistics, uh, speak the truth. So all horses that competed in the Eureka had to go into that retention facility. So that was Thursday. Did Short Thing Captain just sort of pair up with uh, Speak the Truth or was he in a different complex to Speak the Truth? No, we are actually lucky enough... Um, Amy from the Integrity Office down there did a magnificent job at, at getting all the horses to be, you know, as close to the, the, the stable mates as possible so we weren't having to go from one end of the property to the other with one horse in each barn. So they basically became friends on the float on the way down and they were stabled next to each other the night before the retention barn and then once they went into the retention barn at 12 o'clock on Thursday, we put them in the paddock for the first time in their life together and they were really good. So they just stayed together and uh, were in the barn together. Um, they can't be right next to each other because they have a like a gap in between each box, so there's no chance of contamination and that. And um, yeah, they just paired up. And by the time it was time to go to the races on Saturday night, the pair of them were asleep in their boxes, even with the races going on next door. So we were down the main track, so we were right, you know, backing onto the race track. And yeah, the first the first day they were a bit up on edge, and um, after that they were perfect. They, they loved okay. it. Let's talk, you know, short and long term with uh, Sure Thing Captain. So he's got a record of seven wins from 15 starts now. There's still a lot on offer between now and the end of the year, so the end of the season. But then, you know, early into the new year, we've got some big features, the Chariots of Fire being an obvious one. Do you play the short game? Are you looking at the long game? You've still got the Victoria Derby, the WA Derby, uh, the Breeders' Crown. What are the options and which path are you likely to head down? Um, well, the first thing was to get them home and put them straight in the paddock and see how they, they travelled home. But it's funny, I was just saying to Scott, short thing captain is that used to travelling. He gets home and, and, and gets bored. So I'm just going to give him like a, a week off and at the end of the week see where he's at. If he wants to come back into work, I'll bring him back in and take him down to Melbourne for the derby. If he doesn't, if he wants to stay in the paddock, he'll just stay out there for a couple of months and I'll get him ready for the carnival in New South Wales next year, the chariots in March. Is the WA Derby, is that, has that been spoken about? Could you do both the Victoria Derby and the WA Derby? Well, yes and no. I did take him to Redcliffe. He's been there for a trial and a race start and he didn't like either of them. So the tight track's probably not in his favour, but with a gear change, I feel he probably would handle the track. Um, because we have tossed around with the idea and made inquiries into flights to get uh, Speak the Truth over there for the for the four-year-old championship and the Nugget as well. Um, and the, the Derby's on at the same time. So if he goes to Melbourne, sure thing, Captain, there's, flight, there's a flight out of Sydney back into Melbourne to Perth. So, you know, it's something that could, 
could be on the radar. But again, like I'll, I'll let the horse see how he's sort of comes through everything. Like I'm not going to push him too far because he's had a big season. Like this is his first season of racing, so he's done a massive job to be able to to win the consolation of the world's richest race when he's in his first season of racing. So. You know, like, I don't want to ruin him or anything because, like, next year he's still got the same thing. He's got the the rising sun up here after the chariots and then the eureka next year. So he's got a lot of racing left in him. So, you know, he will need to go for a decent spell somewhere. But, you know, if I do go to Perth with him, that's that's November, December. So we're looking at when do we spell, you know, before we get ready in, to race in the chariots in March. So, you know, running running out of time for spelling if he does go over west. Shannon, just elaborate what you mean about the gear you change with the horse. Tweaked. Uh, I just... He he just cross-fired a little bit and got on his knee at Redcliffe when he was out in the death seat. So he would probably need to have um, something to stop him from hanging on. At home, we have working with a Murphy blind on and he's one of those horses like he'll hang in and as soon as you put something on him, he'll just go the opposite way. So he's a quirky little fella. Um, so, you know, to get around um, off the park, he may have to wear a, a Murphy blind or a lugging pole or something like that just to keep him straight because um, you can't afford to give away ground. And he did that in the Nutrient final in, uh, at Bendigo. When he got out wide on the corner, he just, he just hung in, got on his knee and put in a real rough stride. And I believe it cost him nearly winning the race by not being able to go forward and you end up only getting beat five metres by Captain Hammerhead. So, you know, he just needs to get the corner a little bit better. So probably just something like a Murphy line or a lugging pole will help him. Okay. Now, you've mentioned, you know, Perth potentially for, for both horses. So with Speak the Truth, how would that sort of play out with the Inter Dominion here in Brisbane starting December 1? Well, I'd like to try and avoid leap to fame whenever I can. Yeah. <laughs> it's always hard to beat. But um, and I know what his, his his hopeful plans are: Victoria Cup. So getting a flight to to Melbourne would probably not be too much of an issue. But uh, then he's coming back for the Interdoms. So I hear on the grapevine, um, all things being well. So to avoid him, if you want to chase any of the big dollars in the four-year-old races and keep them in amongst their own age group, Perth's really all that's left. Otherwise, it's free for all grades. But He's been able to get through the races in Brisbane here and not take any band assessments, which is a Queensland uh, rating system for them. So he still comes back as a band five next year when he when he races back home. So he's still got plenty of racing left up here. But yeah, if you want to chase some some good dollars and that, there's one there's a thirty five thousand, a fifty thousand, a hundred and twenty five thousand, and two hundred thousand dollar four year old only races in Perth for them. So. I guess if I feel like going for a holiday to Perth, <laughs> he's the one to take. Well, it's a place that you've never campaigned a horse, so it's just another challenge that you could easily set yourself. Well, in saying that, that is correct, but I was part... We did own a horse called the MC, and he raced in the Western Australia Pacing Cup and the Fremantle Pacing Cup in December 1988. And we were lucky enough to be over there the whole time he was there. So I have seen, um, you know, Perth in that regard in the horse area, but I was only a teenager, so I guess I didn't think I'd be going back there with a horse to race. But, yeah, I have been to Gloucester Park itself and, and Quinana Beach, which is just stunning for taking the horses to. So I sort of have a few uh, um, 
you know, ideas over there. But where I'd stay, I, I don't know. I spoke to Jared Elch, and he said he would stay with Greg and Sky Bond if he took my ultimate Ronnie over there. He's already been tentatively booked on a flight. So, again, I'd have to transport by road to Sydney and then get on a flight to Perth and then, again, back into Melbourne and then get him home from Melbourne to Brisbane. So... Yeah, it's a fair bit of a logistical thing and a cost and everything as well and you are going to a track that is quite a, a tight turning track and Perth's its own world over there as far as drivers, trainers and everything goes so it'll be it'll definitely be a learning curve. Mm, it'll be a challenge no doubt. Uh, maybe Gary Hall can uh, just swing you a little uh, place to, to bunk down in because uh, he stayed with you when he brought on the mighty Quinn over. Just on, on Speak the Truth so Nominations close uh, September 25, so a couple of weeks away for the Inter-Dominion. Will you put in a nomination for Speak the Truth? Um, I guess I could as a, as a backup plan. Um, that gives me options then. Um, you know, just to... Yeah, because he, he does need um, a spell, but how long, again, he wants off is up to him. I mean, when we drove out in the truck this morning to come to Albion Park for the trials, he was running around a paddock with his tail in the air. So I guess he hasn't taken too much ill effect from his trip away. But, you know, you just got to... You want to see them let down and enjoy their holiday and put on some weight. So I guess we could throw in a nomination for that and just see where, you know, he ends up in the rankings and, um, yeah, see which way the horse wants to go. Mm. And just with the times from Saturday night, the Eureka, 51.8 for 2,400 metres... And the race sure thing, Captain One, 57 4. It, it, it's just, it's mind boggling how fast these horses can run, no matter what distance. Yeah, well, it's funny. I actually looked up in the race book on the Thursday night. I got a hold of one and it had the records for the races. And the, the mayor's record for the 2400 was held by Frith at 157.7. So, I mean, to see him cipher another mare to go and break that by six seconds is just like, and we all know how much money Frith won and how many races she won. So to show and Cypher do what she did against those three and four-year-olds shows how, how good she is. So, you know, like, as I said in previous interviews, like, this is the best of the best. I mean, these are the best Australia has on offer. And, I mean, it showed because I said that before the race, I said they could easily run a world record in this race if they want to. And, you know, like, to... To be there in amongst all those horses and the atmosphere, like the night that Menangle turned on on Saturday night was amazing. Like for, for anybody that wasn't there, it was one of the best nights of harness shows I've been to in the world anywhere. Like it was just an amazing night. What about Birds of Tokyo? Did many stay back for the concert? Yeah, there was quite a few people there for that. I heard there were people just rocking up to the races at 8 o'clock just to, to go to the concert. So... You know, again, that was another win. Um, I could, I had to take the horses back up to the barn so we could actually hear the concert when we drove past the, the area and we were up in the, the, the training centre barns. We could listen to the concert ourselves. So, you know, like, that's what everyone was in a hurry. Quick, quick, after the last race, we've got to get up to the, the concert. So it was certainly a talking point. And just going back to the race, Shannon, so 51.8, world record time. Your guy speak the truth. He can follow any type of speed, but he looked like he was under the pump a 1,000 metres from home. He, he's battled on courageously to run fifth, but have you seen a better run in defeat than what Leap to Fame delivered there on, on Saturday night? Um, yes and no. 
I would say Lazarus, when he sat through quite the entire race in Perth, was a pretty good run. But Leap to Fame, like, he's up and coming and he's only a four-year-old. And again, against the best of the best, him being probably the best, you know, to sit there in those times and run that. And I know Menangle's not an easy track to, to, to race on because it's, it, it's brutal. Like, there's no place to hide there on that track. So to sit parked out and do that is, is, is amazing sectionals and everything. Um, yeah, my guy was under the pump. He, he was um, back in the field and at the 400, about the 600, Adam, Adam reported me after the race. He says, I think we need the New Zealand Cup distance. And he said, I thought I was going to run last at the 600. So that's how much he was under the, under the pump at the, the 600 metre mark with that 26 quarter. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't picture it like 26 mm. at Menangle is not an overly fast quarter because they can bust the 26 there. But over that distance to run those times, it was basically flat out the whole way with a 55 lead time, which is basically a 55 first half. So if you split the halves down, they've gone 55 the first half, 57 the middle half, and, and home, I'm not sure exactly what the last half was, but you know there's some serious times where they run the whole way, and that, that that's equivalent to what they run in America. So, you know, like mm. on time, it was a world-class race. Yeah. Um, so looking ahead with Speak the Truth, um, what's the one big race next year in 2024 that you would love to target with him? Would it be a race like the New Zealand Cup? Um, I don't know if he'd step. He can be a bit of a fidget, so I've never even thought about putting the tapes in front of him or anything like that. But um, I hadn't got that far. I'm one of those ones. He'll, he'll tell me when he wants to go somewhere. But as far as goals with him go... Um, he would be better suited to long-distance racing than short-distance racing, I believe. So, you know, um, it's it's one of those things. I guess there's something out there that would, would, would be an ideal goal for him, but what, I don't exactly know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to know what to go in, but, um, yeah, I think, I think the longer-distance racing down in Melbourne over the 2,900 or 2,700 would be ideal for him. But um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing really on the radar that that sticks out as a race to win for him. But you are keen to avoid leap to fame. Well, most people would be, even though he's got beaten <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> I've heard a few people say wherever he's going, we're not, and and that comes from a few of the other four-year-olds in the race. So, you know, he's a hard horse <laughs> to beat because he has everything. Like he's, as it showed, he's he's been driven in the death seat, and he can run any time you want. He's been driven from behind in the sunshine sprint and the patron's person he's just too fast for them so to beat him the only way you'd beat him is if you're out in front and, and he gave you 50 meters head start that'd be about the only way you'd beat yeah. him but just for harness racing sake and i did bring this up with chris as well we spoke about it off air just for harness racing sake i'd love to have seen him win he had the flat tire situation in brisbane was huge he was huge the other night but a lot of people who just don't follow the sport that closely don't really understand you know they tune in to watch this big race and just expect him to come out and win and i was so hoping he'd win given he's the headline horse that everyone talks about. But again, circumstances. Yeah, exactly right. Like, you know, he's the pin-up horse. Everybody says, you know, he's the one to beat and that. And he goes out there and runs the biggest race, the biggest run in the race, but still gets beat. And as you said, the general public would say, oh, but he got beat. But in, in knowing, you know, behind the scenes and everything like that, from horse terminology, you can't expect him to go any better. Mm. Yeah, he was enormous. So your guys are back, and then you're just going to weigh out which way you go. But Melbourne, probably most likely at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's a, like a 50-50. I mean, Scott's one of these ones. He hates travelling, so he'd be happy for the horse to stay at home. But 
he's only three once, sure thing, Captain. And, you know, we still have time after Melbourne to give him a good spell and get him ready now that they've moved the Carnival in Sydney back to March. So he's got plenty of time there to have a good eight-week spell. But um, otherwise, you're just sitting at home doing nothing. If the horse wants to race, which, as I said, he was running around the paddock, so he hasn't taken much ill effect from it. And if he wants to race, well, then I'll take him. All right. Well, we'll wait and see. Hey, really appreciate the time. Congratulations picking up that Group 2 feature, the Stockade, on Saturday night. No worries at all. Thank you. There's Shannon Price joining us, Steve. So they've got some uh, big decisions to make. So more than likely, I'd say Melbourne's the, uh, the option, but it'll be interesting to see uh, whether or not Speak the Truth will contest the Inter-Dominion here in Brisbane later yeah. this year. Perth's Mark Reese is about to join us. He's got... Say again? Perth, just the travel time. Um, just a bit of a turn-off yeah. sometimes, isn't it? Anyway. They can do both. That's why I pose the question. So the Victoria Derby's uh, October 14, and then the WA Derby's November 3rd. So there's time to do both, but getting them back to Brisbane and getting them sorted with future targets and campaigns, that's going to be the, 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 yeah. the issue. So probably unlikely Perth, but um, it's good money, 200000 for the WA Derby. The Victoria Derby's the same at 200000 so it's got to be considered. Mark Rees is with us. Mark, good morning. G'day, Chris. How are you? Yeah, really well. Really well. I wanted to talk to you about a number of your runners that are lining up on Saturday night. Uh, just quickly, how many are you currently working right now? Uh, I've got 11. Okay. Is that more than normal? Yeah, a lot more. <laughs> you say that sheepishly. Uh, uh, yeah, it takes me all day now. I used to be able to get out and get some... I, I built a lot of um, stables for the other blokes in the industry and I haven't been able to do much lately. It just this takes me all day. Okay, fair enough. I wanted to go through some of your runners on Saturday night. Glen Lee Hanover had her first local run last weekend. How did you sort of grade the performance? Uh, she she's a she's a quick mare. Um, she's got a lot of speed. She just needed to. I think she just needs to sort of. Uh, work out itself, you know, the, the way we race here, you know, that non-stop sort of flat-out thing that they yeah. do here. You know, they went 53, and I think at quarter, she's never gone anything like that before. She, I think she went at 55 or something, but uh, she, she stripped a lot. Her work's been a lot sharper this week. Okay, so potentially this race could set up really well for you. You're drawn to follow Miss Daytona, so you're drawn the inside of the second row. She's a gate yeah. speed mare, so if she's in front, you're sitting behind her. She'll uh, she'll get every opportunity. Oh my word, my word. Yeah, I I couldn't have drawn better. I don't think because um, you know, like she's not going to get hammered. She'll just get the suck along. Okay. Future plans for her. What's the big target? Uh, win a mare's quality up here, take a, a new PB time. Are they the obvious targets? Yeah, that, that, that it's the same. Um, the same people, owner, or have got a... Um, they, they had Okinawa, Okinawa Beach. Um, oh, I had yeah. her up there for a while, and she won a quality, and then they sold her to America. I think they're, I think they're looking at the same sort of thing. I'm not sure. Mm. All right. Uh, race four on Saturday night, my alderman, Eddie, he's drawn barrier one. He's a very talented uh, trotter, this guy. He's a four-year-old. Um, there was talk about a Victorian campaign. Is that still likely or not? No, we pulled the pin on that because I, I, I couldn't get transport. Well, I could, but it was sort of, it was about a three-day trip. 
and um, so I just pulled the pin on it. Um, the, the heats for that for that um, race that we're uh, looking at that they're on uh, tonight. Oh, okay. At, at Bendigo, Bendigo or Ballarat, Bendigo, I think. Yeah. How do you think he would have measured up? Oh, I'm sure he would have measured up all right. Um, uh, I, 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 um, I rang Andy Gath up and he and asked him how, how you know how he'd measure up, and he said, well, there was only um, there was only the, the best one was um, look, I can't remember his name, but we raced him in that big race here, and um, oh, he okay. ran. Yeah, so and he didn't. He was only just in front of us, and we sort of got held up a lot too. So, um, you know, like he would have been meeting what he could, what he could handle. Okay, so on Saturday night he lines up in, in a, a very strong trot race. The, the depth of the trotters here locally at the moment is very, very good. So barrier one over a mile. What what are the expectations? Uh well, they. Um... Look, he gets out of he gets out of the mobile really well. Um, he won his three races in um, at Menangle. Uh, they were mobile runs, um, and he's a he's a good mobile horse. Um, I'm just not. I'm, I don't. He's had the one run against the big boys, and he finished fourth in it. That was his last start, and he actually made a bit of ground on them. So I'm hoping he'll 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 run a you know a good decent race. Well, the okay. last mobile he was in, it was that uh, that Group One, and uh, they went 56 for the 2100, and he was travelling every bit of that. So, you know, I would say he'd be able to run that at least. All right. You haven't got to the bottom of him yet, have you? You, you, you haven't even uh, scratched the surface in many ways. No. Nah, look, it, he's just been getting better and better ever since we've got him trotting. We just took all the gear off him, and he started trotting. And since we've um, had him trotting pretty faultlessly he's just he hasn't missed a check he's just been getting better and better awesome when if he goes around in race six darren clayton Sorry. keeps telling me it's only a matter of time before she wins a race so can oh. saturday night be her night gwyneth oh, P? I, I, oh, look i hope so but she keeps drawing she keeps she hasn't got a lot of gate speed and she just she she really sort of can't draw four or five or something like that because she has to virtually go back to last and in those sort of races they're running 52s and 53s and you just can't get into it um uh, we'll just have to uh, i'm not sure what we'll do there but you are, he is right she's she's running some really good sectionals um but uh if she had a tad more gate speed she'd be a really nice horse okay speaking of nice mares our fire and delight this looks a winnable race on saturday night despite a second row draw she's just she's a she's a great little thing um she reminds me a, a lot of Ali Ali Kai. Um, she's a better delight, and she just she's all she's all heart. She just she's only little, but by gee, she tries. She just doesn't stop trying, and uh, she's got a pretty good sprint on her when when you wind her up. Do you prefer her in front leading races or or chasing down a target? Nah, chasing down. Much better chasing down a target. Um, when she leads, she she gets lost. Um, when she was run down uh, by Ukachaka um, uh, a couple of starts ago, um, uh, the driver came off and said that uh, she just couldn't, uh, she just didn't see him. <laughs> and then when she, because we had the hood on and she just didn't see him, she was lost out in front, he had to keep her going sort of thing. And when she's behind, she's up on the steel wanting to go. Okay. So this is a good draw for her then, second row draw? Yeah, my word, two on the second row. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see how she does match up. She the first couple of times I um I brought her in on a Tuesday, she didn't oh well she she was beaten. She finished two sevenths. But um like I said, just like that other mare, um uh, uh, Glenley Hanover, she has to get used to the speed. Um and she she wasn't used to it. She'd only she'd only had a handful of starts and sort of only run like two ones and two twos over there. But she had been placed over there in a 55 which that that was the reason why i bought her actually and um yeah no she'll get used to it and she'll be fine all right well hopefully there's a couple of winners for you there on saturday night i'll be good chris that'd be yeah. real good too right <laughs> i really appreciate the time we'll see you trackside no problem see you later mate there's Mark Reese joining us. So uh, a couple of good chances there for the stable on Saturday night, in particular with that mare there, our fire and delight. Let's focus on Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Big program, couple of Group 2 features worth big money. The Westbred Classic Finals, three-year-old fillies, three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Matty Young joins us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Uh, first and foremost, never-ending, got beaten for the first time last week. But just on the winner, how, how good is Louis Dior? Yeah, well, Louis Dior is a pretty nice horse and he was able to take full advantage of that error by never ending early. Um, so, yeah, we were sort of unsure. It was a step up in grade that we hadn't seen him be able to take yet. He'd just gone through the ranks nicely. So for him to take that step up and win shows that he's got a great deal of ability. And uh, from the barrier 12 tomorrow night, it's going to be really interesting because in most of his races, he's been on speed. One of them, he was able to come from back in the field and he's got a good turn of foot. But in this class, this is really going to be quite testing to see how good Louis Dior is heading into Friday night. Are you expecting Neverending to bounce back? Yes. Yeah, so well, Neverending's run last week was unbelievable to finish third and they got home 55-4, but he was still charging through the line. And there was a moment there with a lap to go where I thought, if Junior really asked this horse to give his best, I think he still could have won the race. Um, with no disrespect to Louis Dior, it's just I, I think though I think Junior erred on the side of caution with this race coming up this week, and I think he was capable of making it uh, really interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I guess the way he ran through the line sort of um, just made my thoughts concrete in my head that. He would have gone very close because the way he's hit the line, he had plenty left, and I think uh, I think he's he's gone to beast mode. So, look, it's a, it's a tough draw, but I think he can get the job done. All right, is August Moon a lock in the Phillies uh, Classic? I'd say so. She looks to be able to run to the top. Uh, our Sandy Shaw might be the one that tries to throw a spanner in the works early, but. I think uh, it only just got past August Moon last time. They sort of drew near each other on the front line and August Moon grabbed up in that uh, instance. So I think uh, I think Junior will be a bit more dinkum in this race to try and hold that forward advantage because if he does, he'll run to the top and from there she should win. OK, what's your best bet tomorrow night? Well, my best is never ending. Uh, so race five, number nine, I thought uh, he was... The best on the program, and in race number 10, I thought number two, High Price, would go very close. I thought he was a really strong chance to be able to beat on the Black Flush. I think it's a genuine two-horse race, and High Price might be the better value of the two. So race five, number nine, race 10, number two, High Price. They're both my best for tomorrow. Perfect. Matty, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, guys.